I want you to come away with me to Galatians, the second chapter, uh, verse 20. Verse 20. Galatians 2 and 20. If you have your app, please, or if you don't have it, download it. Download your app, and uh, you'll get the notes right there. Reset for new direction. This is our last Sunday of this month. Say that with me. Reset for new direction. I want to talk about intersection today. Intersection. Many of us don't remember much about our driver's education class in high school, and I don't even know if they even teach it anymore. They do. Oh, they do? But we do remember our teachers' uninsured technique for preparing us future drivers for the upcoming tests. And most of us, all we were concerned about is really passing the test so that eventually we can get our driver's license and get points uh, where we can, you know, uh, be ready uh, to get on the road. And so when you were... <laughs> taking driver's ed as you approach an intersection, they would scream to the top of their lungs, look out at that stop, watch that stop sign. <laughs> and the more that they would scream at you and holler at you, you really, uh, you become, you know, frightened a little bit and instead of hitting the, the, the brakes, you hit the gas. <laughs> and that would be the last time that they scream at you. Because they understand that that's not the way to help someone who's just learning how to drive. Are you following me? And so that sends you into a panic mode. <laughs> and accidentally you just hit that gas pedal. My God. And uh, man, I tell you what, that could have been a disaster. I remember from the driver's ed classes, always watch out for the intersection. That's what they tell you. Good things and bad things happen when you're in the intersection. And I want to just bring that to you this morning that in the intersections of life, good things or bad things can happen when you're at the crossroads or you're at the junction of life. And many of us, we're there right now. The decision you make today will uh, cause you to either go left or right or wherever you're going in life. And so now is the time. At the end of this year, you need to make better decisions yes, sir. at your intersection. We all need to take notice where we are. And I believe that is exactly God's message for us when it comes to our lives. Pay attention at the intersection. Keep uh, your eyes open. This is a place where you are going to meet God or meet others on the road of life. There are people that will be put in your life. And while you're at that intersection, what you decide to do will determine how you and that person will gel together or depart in life. That's what this series of messages is all about. Life is a journey, right? Yes. And the scripture often describes it that way. Proverbs 20 and 24. It says a man's steps are directed by the Lord. Now, how can anyone understand his own way? Jesus describes two paths in Matthew chapter 7. Two roads, one narrow, one wide, one leads to life, one to death. And each person walks on one or the other. 
Every person chooses the path, the road that they will travel on in this life. And really, God has made life very simple. It's one or the other. It's yes or no. Either you are in or you're out. It's obedience or disobedience. It's up or either down. So if you take that simple path in life with every situation that you have found yourself in, with your friends, you either love them or you don't. You got it? With your wife or your husband, you either going to stay there or you're not. Just one or two choices. There's no in-betweens. You're either going to forgive them or you're not going to forgive them. Right? You're either going to make things better or you're going to make them worse. And I'm not going to live the rest of this life making things worse for myself. Listen, y'all, you've been through too much for things to be worse. By now, they ought to be getting better. And whether you know it or not, hey, telegram, newsflash, you have a lot to do with that. He said, I've set before you blessings and curses. Then he tells you the one to choose. Then he says, choose life. He tells you which one to choose. Even though he put both of them out there. He's not going to, you know, uh, uh, let you just, well, let me see. Do I want life or do I want care? No, he said, choose life. Choose life. Well, would you know anything that some people still choose curses? After God told you to choose life? It's only one or two, church, uh, two choices. You are uh, two churches. You're either going to come to church or you're not. You're either going to have faith or you're going to have doubt. You either going to love or you hate. Now it's real simple for you in this life. And this year to come up, you just make it real simple. Either I'm going or I'm not. Either I'm going to get better or I'm going to get worse. Very simple. Very simple. Very simple. Either I'm going to hold it against them or I'm going to release them. God say God is great in our heart. Either you're going to continue to beat yourself up or you're going to forgive yourself and move on in life. Now here, here's, really, here's something you need to think about. You're talking about people holding you back. No, the, the person that's holding you back, all you got to do is go look in the mirror. Because nobody can hold you back if you don't want them to. You, can't, you cannot blame the system, even though the system is against you. You cannot blame your color, even though it might work in, you know, disadvantage. You cannot blame your status. You were born on this side of the tracks or the other side of the track. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I wasn't this here. No, all of that is excuses and cop-outs. I'm telling you that your God will help you if you're ready to be helped. 
You know, I don't want to hear it no more. Folks talking about, there ain't no hope for my marriage. The devil is a liar and you are too. You have listened to the wrong people. There is hope if you have hope. The reason why there's no hope is because you have lost hope. Uh -huh, getting quiet in here now. You're getting, you're getting quiet in here now. You two stop. You stop wanting to work together as one. And when you stop wanting to work together as one, you became selfish. It no longer was about them. It became about you. Because you know what the Bible says. You need to esteem others higher than yourself. When did you stop esteeming that other person higher than yourself? I, I just preach. I thank you. I got one. I got one. You have bought what this world is selling, and the world tells you it's all about you. No, God want to know what you're going to do when you are faced with tough situations. What's your life going to be like when you've dealt with a bad hand? Are you going to play with the one you have, or are you going to complain about the one that you have? Hallelujah. I, I wish I was like so-and-so. Uh, you know, look like they got it all together. That's, what, that's your problem. It looked like. Are you at their home? Are you behind closed doors with them? See, they've learned the art of, you know, in public, they know how to govern themselves. But in private, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But now the Bible does want us to be models of Christ. He said be imitators. Right? And so that's what we need to do. Listen, the closer you get to God, the more people see God in you. It's, listen, you don't have to make yourself be a Christian when you truly are a Christian. It just comes out of you automatically. You don't have to say, well, you know, ooh, I, don't, I hope I don't slip and curse. I hope I don't, ooh, I hope I don't say nothing out of line. I hope nobody don't see me. You have to say none of that. Because what's in you become automatic because that's what you do all the time. Because you rehearse that. You practice that. You live that. You're always around that. So it becomes like a normal situation for you. Oh, being a Christian is so hard. Being a Christian is so hard. That's because you not practice being a Christian. When you practice something, you get better at it. See, you, the reason why it's so hard for you, you're not in practice. Hallelujah. It's hard. It's hard for me to stay with him. It's hard for me to stay with her. No, it's not hard if you practice. What need to be practiced? You don't want to practice no more. Because here's what you say. I don't think it take all that. I ain't going to lay down and let somebody be a doormat for nobody. I ain't going to let nobody walk all over me like this. No, 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 no. I got to be who Christ made me regardless of their actions. still got to be a man of God Amen. if my wife cut up. First lady still got to be a woman of God if I act the fool. 
If I get on the ledge and say, all right, let's eat it. Let's go and jump off here. She got to say, oh, you jump by yourself. I'm not going. You understand what I'm saying? You still got to be Christ-like if somebody acting like the devil. And some folk do act like the devil. They say they say, but they act devilish. Hallelujah. I'm glad y'all got caught up a few minutes ago. Because we got to learn how to walk like we talk. And talk like we walk. Oh, you follow me? And so, each person walks on one or the other. Every person chooses the path, the road uh, they travel on in this life. But none of us travel outside the knowledge of God. God knows everything. He's omniscient. He's ubiquitous. He, he listen, he knows, every, he's, listen, he's omnipresent. He's, at the, he's everywhere at the same time. He has all, not, he knows everything. He's omniscient. He's omnific. Are you following me? And so many of us walk outside of the will of God, but none outside the knowledge of God. I want that to soak in. You may walk outside the will, but you don't walk outside the knowledge of God. Even without knowing any scripture, when you get ready to do something, there either a presence that's there that's saying you, you about to do what's right, or there a presence that's there saying, nah, you might want to think about this. He's there, but he will not make the decision for you. He will present it. I present before you life and death. Choose life. That's the presentation. Choose life. Choose life. See, I made a choice a long time ago to, to, to love my wife. That was a choice. Not knowing what we were going to be going through for the next 40 years or whatever. I didn't know of none of that. But I made a choice that I was going to love her. And I was going to be committed to her. That's a choice. She made a choice a long time ago to be committed to this man that didn't have any money. Hallelujah. Well, you know, when I say any money, well... We didn't have much. See, the song Harvey and the boys say, Come from a poor family, didn't have much. But, but the Lord been good. But he been good. Right? Right? So, your now status does not dictate what your status going to be in years to come. Let me help somebody. Where you are right now.
people need not judge you for where you are right now. Because where I am right now, if I'm hooked up with God like I need to be hooked up with, I won't be in this place next year this time. You need to keep your mouth off of a child of God because God will show you in your face what he will do with somebody that's connected to him. See, some of y'all have been laughed at, picked on, and everything else. But can I tell y'all something? You're going to have the last laugh in the end. Hallelujah. Because what God will do, he's going to bless you in your enemy's face. Hallelujah. You ain't got to brag about it. You ain't got to say nothing. But he's going to do it right, right before your enemies. You just keep loving God. And watch what God does. Hallelujah. Yes, ma'am. It looks kind of tough. That road looking long. And you're at the intersection. But God... Is going to give you the right direction, a new direction, in order to go. Amen. Are you following me? Amen. See, you think what you have done set you way back. But watch this. God said, I will redeem the time. Yeah. Can I speak to somebody here this morning? You are about to redeem the time. What you talking about, Bishop? You about to buy, buy back the time that was lost concerning you. So what it took other folk 10 years to get, it's only going to take you a year to get. What somebody was going through for nine months, God going to only take nine days for you to make your breakthrough interest. Look down and tell somebody, come on through this thing now. See, some of y'all need to be looking for greater and better things. You don't look right. You're not looking for it. You don't have a face of expectation. You don't have talk like an expector. You got to change your talk and say, I'm expecting this. Even though it don't look right, I can't see it. I can't feel it. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody said nothing about it. But I still trust God because God never fails. And he always keep his word. stand with the word of God how about you not only will he give you uh huh uh, just a word he'll give you his rainbow word are y'all hearing me see some of us need a fresh word because of what we've been through and we haven't let everybody know everything that we've been going through everything that we've been faced with but I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, watch, I'm going to show out on their behalf because now is their time. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the year, they say a whole lot of bad things begin to happen, but not for you. At the end of this year, there are all kinds of good stuff. God going to open all kinds of doors concerning you and it's going to flood in. It's going to be like a floodgate coming towards your house. Hallelujah. And you're going to have testimonies on this hand and on that hand. And folks will wonder why. What in the world? What, what did you have? What happened in your life? Why are you so happy? It's because God is moving and causing me to go in the right direction. 
Anybody here ready to go in the right direction? Anybody here need some guidance from the Lord? Anybody here already said in their mind and you got your testimony formulated that God brought me through that? I'm telling you, just like that young lady that was here last Sunday before she can get out of here, before I can get out of the parking lot, God turned her life around. I see it happening for you too. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Mm, mm, mm. Some of you, you think your stuff is so jacked up. You think your stuff is just so cold and so frozen until it cannot unthaw, that it cannot be broken, that this thing is solid. It's frozen solid. But I come to tell you that the heat and the power of the Holy Spirit is about to melt all that stuff that's been so hard in your life. He's about to show you, give you creative ideas and divine strategies on how you're going to come out of this thing. If nobody won't give you nothing, God going to cause you to create something. for everybody to give you some God. God give me a mind to create something. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You can use my mind to just create something. I'm asking God to give you some, give you, put something in your mind that will create something that will cause your life to be so blessed. They didn't even know that was in you. Matter of fact, you didn't know it was in you. But God got more in you than what you even give God credit for. There's greatness inside of you. There's so many things that God want to pull up out of you. It's hidden in your mind. I'm praying that it come to the forefront of your mind that God will pull that thing out of you. And my God, you have been to the point where you speak that thing and it come to pass. Just like you said. Your words are creative force. So open your mouth and start the force. Open your mouth and start it moving. Open your mouth and see it come to pass. It will not until you say it. Will thou be made whole? Open your mouth and say yes. I'll be made whole. Will thou be healed? Yes, I'll be healed. He didn't ask you. Well, I, 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 he had to pool for 38 years. He said, well, I have no man. That's your problem. You're looking for man. You're not looking for God. I don't need no man to put me in the water. All I need is Jesus to say, get up. And walk to the water yourself. Somebody in this auditorium need to get up and walk to the water yourself. Somebody here need to get up and speak it out of your own mouth. Somebody here need to get up and go and create something that God has put down in your spirit. Hallelujah. I will not accept no from the devil and no from the world. I only accept yes from the Lord. If the Lord say yes, my son, go forth. If he say yes, daughter, go forth. You go forth and don't you look back. Don't you look, my God, to your left or your right. You might have to stop to momentarily. You're at the crossroads. You're at the juncture. You may look left. You may look right. But whatever God takes you to do, you do what God say do. I feel God all in this place this morning. Hallelujah. 
All right, y'all sit down. Let me finish this thing. My God. So uh, Hebrews 4 and 13, y'all about know it. It says nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Isn't that good? Everything is uncovered and laid back before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. I share this truth because we can either make this journey in our own plans or we make the journey of life within God's plan. I told you there's only two ways. It's either your plan or God's plan. Come on, say it with me. It's either my plan or God's plan. And no in between. You either gonna do it your way or you're gonna do it God's way. You men need to hear me because we got it bad. Men, we got it bad. Because we think it's our way. We bad. We got that ego thing. Ain't nothing wrong with it. We just got that ego thing. Hallelujah. We got that drive. God put it in us, but we don't need to be driving on our own. We need to drive with the help of God. Are you following me? And so this is the very reason Galatians 2 and 20 is the Apostle Paul map quest. First thing is, I don't got two things. Our journey ends and God's begin at the cross. Ooh, I like that. It's at the cross, ladies and gentlemen. Look what he says here in uh, that 20th verse. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. Watch this. And I no longer live. Y'all see that? You ain't got no Bible. Look up there on the screen. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. It's not about you and what you want to do. It's about Christ having been, uh, you've been crucified with Christ and you, your old man has died. Now, if your old man has died, why you let him keep being resurrected in your life? The cross is an intersection. In fact, it's not just an intersection. It's the, it is the intersection. The Bible begins with the creation in the book of Genesis. It ends with Jesus, victorious and almighty on the throne in the final book of Revelation. But God's plan from the beginning till the end has its very core and intersection. And the intersection of all history is the cross. Romans 5 and 6 records, it says, you see at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 8 continues, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Now get this, everything pointed toward the cross and the cross changes everything which was to come. It was God's right. He invaded everything was his creation and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the cross is the intercession of God demonstrating who he really is to all mankind. He has done it for all of us once and for all. It has been nailed to the cross. 
So what happened here, they took care of the past, the present, and the future. All sin, my sin, every sin, your sin, even those nailing Jesus to that cross and the sin that was yet to be to happen through you and I was paid for totally and completely on the cross. Romans 5 and 19 says through, through, through the disobedience of Adam, the many um, were made sinners. So also through the obedience of Christ, of Jesus, uh, the, the many will be made, what, righteous. And so the apostle Paul came to understand. He was rushing down the, the road of life and one he had planned, God was even a part of it. Or at, the, at least the God he thought he knew. And violently, aggressively, he blasted through the towns and tore through uh, the road signs and ran over pedestrians and striped the uh, 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 undeserted people. And, and, and his uh, designation was uh, firmly fixed in his mind and his heart. And there was only one problem. That problem was sin. His sin and selfishness drove the car. And then he slammed into God's intersection, which is the cross. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, many of us was driving in life, walking in life until we came to the cross. Look at Acts 9. Will you go there with me? Acts 9 verse 1. Let's see. Let's see what the word says here. And Saul, yet breathing out of threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to uh, the synagogues that if he found any of this way what you say whether they were men or women he didn't care he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem so he was locking people up who named the name of Christ and as he journeyed, uh, journeyed uh, he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Thou art the art thou Lord. And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, uh, and astonished, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? That's the question he's asking. Paul, Saul is asking. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And so God threw up a roadblock and a risen Jesus brought Saul's life to a crashing halt. Paul thought he was in charge. Saul, uh-huh. And do not uh, uh, receive Jesus into your heart by saying a prayer. That, that, I mean, yes, we pray, but I'm telling you, that's not the, the totality of it. When you say, I said a prayer, and I'm going to receive Jesus in my heart. Hold on, don't throw nothing at me. You do not become a disciple of Christ by simply getting baptized. Uh-huh, because you will go down, uh, you know, a dry devil, and you'll come up a wet one. Don't throw nothing at me. Nowhere in the scripture does that occur. The only way, show me if it's not, that someone, anyone, becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ is they die at the cross. And are reborn to, the, to work anew in the Holy Spirit. See, Saul couldn't continue as Saul anymore. He came to the cross and the intersection of life. And my 
God, God began to change his life. Look what he says. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. I'm not sure what the journey uh, you've been on or, or who you run over. I, I, I cannot comprehend what plans you have for your life. But Jesus isn't just payment for your toll so you can continue on your trip. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Uh, there comes a day when we all collide with God. And we arrange, he arranges uh, the encounter. And he shows us uh, the carnage we've, we've, we've created. And then he directs us to the cross. In other words, here's the question. Will you die? Will you surrender your life? Your sin at the cross. Will you continue to live it your way or will you be reborn with my spirit living in you and through you? Listen to me, please. Romans 6. Listen to me. Romans 6 verse 1. Look, listen at this here. He says, what shall we say then? All you Bible lovers. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? It's, it's quiet in here. God forbid. God don't want you to continue in sin. When you get saved, God don't want you to continue to walk and live in sin. How shall we that are dead to sin, here's another question, live any longer therein? If you dead to something, if you dead, you won't move. See, you got to be so dead to sin that if it's in front of you, it don't move you like it used to move you. Why? I'm dead to it. If you had the hot hand, you used to, you know, uh, walking by people's stuff and, you know, taking it real quick. Hallelujah. When you walk, it, walk by, when you dead to it, you, it can be sitting out in the open and you won't even be moved by it. If you had a lustful spirit, and every time you walk by somebody that had that lustful spirit, you wind up <laughs> being connected with that person. But when you're dead to it, you can walk right by it. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 If you dead to pornography, they can say all they want to, but you say, ah, walk right by it. Why? Because I'm dead to it. The reason why folk get entangled with stuff, they're not dead to it. You cut the top of it off, but the root is still alive. So you see all those sprouts coming up because you did not get dead. You didn't cut it up out of the root. You still got the burial of it. It's underground. So you don't want to see it right now. But as soon as you get in the right temperature, in the right place, in the right position, you'll sprout right back up. If you are a single dog, just because you get married won't make you a dog no more. You just a married dog now. If you're a dog before you get called into the ministry, 
and you never got the root of it all, you're going to be preaching and still be a preaching dog. We got preaching dogs around here. Male and female. You know what they call a female dog, right? But my God, I mean, we got all kinds. Because we haven't gotten rid of the thing, we're not dead to it. You got to die to that thing, and people got to know you dead to it. And when they call your name, you don't answer anymore. And I got to do everything I got to do to become dead to some stuff. Because some stuff is not easily to get rid of. But I got to do everything that I can to get rid of it. I either got to avoid it. I got to go around it. Or either I got to not go in that direction. I got to do everything I got to do to get rid of it. If I got to get rid of the computer. If I got to get rid of I can't go to the racetracks no more. I got a problem with gambling. I got to do whatever I got to do in order to get rid of this thing. I got to be accountable to my wife. I got to call every. If I got to call every 15 minutes. I'm down the highway and 15 minutes later I'm almost there yes I gotta do whatever I gotta do so I can become dead to this thing this year to come you need to die to all that stuff what did Paul say I die daily y'all look at me funny but I'm dying daily there's stuff that I need to shake off of me there's stuff that I got to get off of me I got to brush it off I got to shake it off. Hallelujah. You know how to dance a little bit. Just shake that stuff off. Just like Samson did. You got to shake yourself. Hallelujah. Sometimes, sometimes the devil sets you up and gets you by yourself and say, I want to test and see. God, if you just let me have them by themselves, they will curse you to your face. They're not dead to it. They're going to give in to it. Can you say amen? But I'm telling you, as long as I stay around real people, as long as I come to a real Bible study, be around a real, got a real God, got real saints, got real people who done been through something not trying to hide nothing but tell me the real truth how God brought them out and set them up for a blessing they were going the wrong direction but God stepped in and turned them around just in time and if he did it for them he can do it for me if he did it for you he can do it for you we're at a spiritual hospital that if all of us are spiritual sick that God will heal all of us of all of our diseases Hallelujah. My God. What an awesome God we serve. Awesome God we serve. Amen. Did I finish reading the scripture? I don't think I'm finished reading the scripture. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's where we were. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Now, you know that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. We were baptized into his death. Whatever he had to die on the cross for, we were baptized into that. So we should not live to that stuff any longer. See, what some of us don't understand, you can't keep going to the whorehouse and think you're going to get rid of the hole. 
Because the more you go there, you're going to keep getting more. Somebody woke up there and said, what, uh, what you said now? See, you can't keep going around. You're, I'm just trying to get rid of my sugar daddy. But every time you go around him, you give him the sugar. If you keep going around sugar daddy, give him, you're not going to get rid of the sugar daddy. Well, you know, he, he, he paying my bills. You, you feel like you trapped. You feel like the, oh, you, you, you can't do no better, and the only way you're going to make it is, you, is with your... See, you're putting your trust in your, your sugar daddy. Well, I know a daddy that's greater than your sugar daddy. I know a daddy that got more sugar than your sugar daddy. I know a daddy that will take care of all of your needs. He'll supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. See, you selling for that little bit, but God want to give you riches. Sugar daddy don't going to stay around because you, 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 he wants you to always give up something. And see, I, I know a daddy that wants you to give up some things but it ain't like, like your sugar, what your sugar daddy wants. He wants you to give up your old life. He wants you to give up sin. He want to get, get, want you to get them friends that's keeping you in dirt. It's time to snip snip. Time to cut. Yeah, but they my friends. And your friends are causing you to bigger, uh, dig, dig a deeper hole, a bigger hole. And you are never soared to the place where God wants you to be. See, because my Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And when God made you, he didn't make no junk. You are somebody that's sitting up here today. I don't care how you feel. Well, you know, Bishop, I ain't got no money for Christmas. I don't care what you don't have. You got life, health, and strength. God put something down in you until you wake up and become a creative force and say, I can do this, I can do that, I can do... Don't you know that everybody that ever created something or got a job to do, they, somebody sat down and God dropped that in their spirit and they start acting on it. It might not have started that big like it is now, but you cannot despise small beginnings. You're at a place of your new beginning. And right here and now, you are starting afresh right here today. There's something that's in, that down inside of you that other folk need. But not until you realize that, they'll never get it. You got to realize who you are. You got to realize you're a king's kid. You got to realize that you got royalty. You got to realize that God created you for such a time as this. You got to realize that you are wonderfully, you're, you're made in the image of God. And that, hey, nobody else should have anything to say about it because God was the one that put you here on the earth until other people start creating human beings and speaking things into exist, in in existence. Don't listen to nobody but God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm on my way to something great. Y'all know that? That's what you got to say. I'm on my way to something great. And here's the thing. You can't rush greatness. 
So you can't get the attitude of the world. I got to have it now. If it don't happen in the next three days, then I ain't going to do it. God don't care how long you take. If you promised it to me, when I get it, it's going to be greater than what I thought. Are you following me? Let me read this on out because I know y'all y'all tired of this here. Let me, let me go ahead. Look what he said, verse 4. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. I like that. Say that with me, newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So if I die with him, I'm going to resurrect with him. Did you get that? If I die with him, I'm going to resurrect with him. The Bible promised, you know, three score and ten and then said, you know, he would give you an extra ten if you'd really be really obedient. So in my mind, that's like 80 years. 70 plus 10. That's like 80. So, so, so how close are you right now? See, my thing is, if you, that, if you see where you are that close, and every time you be obedient to God, he adds to your life. Some of y'all taken away because you're not being obedient. Some of you are adding because you are being obedient. See, you, you either adding or you subtracting from your life right now. And some of y'all think y'all going to live, you know, that, ooh, I'm going, the only way you're going to live forever is through Christ. You ain't going to live forever on this earth with this old rotten flesh. That, listen, this, this flesh going back to the dead. But now you got something to say where your, your soul end up. You got a whole lot to say. Are you following? And so he's talking about the newness of life and he's talking about resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Sin should be destroyed in your life. That henceforth we should, watch this, not serve sin. This, this right here is a tough message. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Sin don't move you no more like it used to. Man, that stuff I used to do out in the world. What you used to do, Bishop? None of your business. What I used to do in the world, just like you, sin. That's what I did, I sinned. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I, get, as I grow in God, I'm being free from sin. And when did we die? When we were buried in Christ. United with him at his death. Now, baptism isn't a ritual, it isn't a one-time thing you do to fulfill a demand. It is not an emotional ticket at the end of the camp or something church people do to please their parents or grandparents. It's not a bath that wash you clean. 
Some people think, ooh, if I can just get baptized, um, that's it. I ain't got, I, one man years ago said, ooh, I, I just can't wait to get baptized, Rev. And when he got baptized, they, we didn't see him no more at the church. <laughs> he said, I got it, I got it. You remember that man when he came out of the water? He said, I got it, now I'm ready. And we didn't see him no more. Because he thought that baptism was the end of it. That's only the beginning. Baptism is your uniform to be identified as a believer. But baptism in itself does not save you. Are you following? It's signifying that I am going to continue to allow the Lord to make me clean. Won't he make you clean? Uh, inside. Won't he make you down in Okay, all right, all right. Okay, so now, so now that's what that's all about. So this action does, doesn't save you. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that saves you, and you cannot enter and exist this intersection as the same man or woman. You must, the old you die. Saul was created or crucified and no longer live. Paul did because of Christ. I died on November the 20th, 1983. I knew exactly what that meant and that the Holy Spirit has been sanctifying me in, the, in, in Christ since that day. I'm continually being sanctified. I'm continually being washed. I'm continually being cleansed through the blood of Jesus until that day of my complete renewal, folks. That's why the Christian life is one of faith. That's my last point. It is a life of faith. Say that with me. The Christian life, Christian life. is one of faith. Now, look what he says. The life I live in the body, I live by what? Faith in the Son of God who what? Loved me and gave himself up for me. So ownership of your life is transferred at the cross. Number one, I, it's no longer where I, I do what I want to do or go where I want to go anymore. It's where you do, uh, you do uh, want me to go. Where do you want me to go, Lord? I need to know where you are. Not because I want to go there, because you want me to be there. It's not no longer uh, let me accumulate a lot of stuff that I want in my life so that I can be comfortable and happy. But Lord, what do you want me to do with the stuff that you've loaned me for a while. Uh-huh. It's no longer my life in crisis. I don't deserve all this bad stuff. And you know we can all have that sob story. It's God. Your power is made perfect in my weakness. And faith in your plan is the victory. And so by the way, uh, did you know that the Chinese symbol for crisis at the root uh, means dangerous opportunity? Yes, yes, you, you have you ever noticed scripture where Jesus is most glorified in Paul's life or almost everyone's life in the scripture? Here is a hint. It's not on the uh, beach. It's not doing uh, the winning streak. It's not right after things go exactly as they plan. Look where Paul is. It's when he is in prison. Yes, he's in prison. And it's after they've been beaten. It's after things change. 
changed radically. Him and Saul, Paul and Silas in that prison. And my God, they could have had a pity party, but they didn't. Uh, they began to get together and one say, I'm going to sing. And the other say, I'm going to pray. Yes, you need to be around friends that when things are not going well, they still know how to encourage you and you know how to encourage them. Can you say amen? Yes, yes, yes. Paul uh, was at that point. He was at that point of prison. And after they had been beaten, after things had changed, and when they came to an intercession, uh, uh, one God planned in advance. Maybe God got you at the crossroads of life right there at that cross. Uh, one were tempted to blast right through. And so you know what faith is. It is the assurance of things hoped for, and it is a conviction about things we cannot see and it's the exact opposite uh, of how the world says that we should travel and these uh, uh, there is a road sign that says check it out a road sign that says a good luck sign and good luck finding your way good luck creates the way to go if you're on the right road it will be good uh, you will be lucky well folks our uh, Christian life isn't uh, determined by luck our journey is designed by God's quest God uh, uh, directs our step uh, we are not lucky uh, but we are loved I'm telling you that luck did not bring you this far luck did not wake you up this morning luck did not put clothes on your back luck did not cause you to have what you have luck did not heal you luck did not bring you this far we will we come this far by faith did anybody know what i'm talking about in here can you say amen and so sometimes sometimes we won't understand why he leads us here and what he has in mind with this dangerous opportunity it doesn't mean we put on a fake smile and say something great but it does mean we live by faith and not by sight I may not see it or I may not feel it but by God's grace and by God's mercy and by God I'm trusting in him that everything is going to turn out alright and so we fix our eyes on the things external and not things that are temporary and so we are God's children under his care not one thing will touch us that doesn't pass through uh, the nail scarred hands of Jesus and you know one who loved me and gave himself up for me would you look down your row and tell everybody that he loved me and he still loves me and he gave himself up for me so nothing happens for the reborn child of God that happens by accident. Those intersections are planned. Now, I want to tell somebody as I'm going in my seat that your life was not an accident. Now, you didn't accidentally make it here. Now, God chose you out of all of the other sperms uh, that were swimming to that one egg. Uh, and so you had enough strength to penetrate the egg. Uh, can you say amen? Now, I'm not here by some choice uh, or somebody else's choice. Uh, I'm here by divine appointment uh, because God is the one uh, 
that brought me all the way to where I am now. now and even though I've been through tests and trials uh, and I know you had a hard time up until now uh, it was the intersection that you were at and you didn't know which way to go uh, but God calls you to make it through this life uh, you made it through the uh, the pandemic uh, and you made it through all of the talking uh, and you made it through all of the people that kicked you to the curb uh, and you made it through the people rolling eyes at you uh, and you made it through uh, they call you the black sheep of the family uh, and you made it through when everybody else put you down uh, when they kicked you to the curb you made it through uh, would you look at somebody and tell them say I made it I made it through can you say amen and so I'm glad to be called chosen child I'm glad to be a chosen child of destiny because Christ cannot live in you and through you until you've been crucified you gotta crucify self but once you've and once you stop traveling down your self-centered road uh, and stop traveling down your self-destructive road uh, and my God and God calls you to get on the path uh, and that's that path of life uh, he can redeem you uh, and history uh, history uh, become history uh, can you say amen uh, and I'm glad to say y'all uh, and lift my hand and testify that God's been good. Can I get a witness in this house that God's been good to you? I don't care what nobody say. If you're at the intersection right now and folk are looking at you and saying they almost about to get hit. They don't know which way to go. And I don't have to know where I'm going. All I got to do is trust in my pilot. All I got to do is trust in my driver. And he knows where I need to go. Can you say amen? I made up in my mind. I made up in my mind. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All because of an intercession shaped like a cross. Can you say amen? I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad he died on that rugged cross. Can you say amen? Can't you see him yonder there on that hill called Golgotha? My God, he's hanging there on that intercession with his hand stretched out wide. Can you say amen? Nailed to that cross. He was nailed for you, you and you. He was nailed for me and you. Can you see Jesus there? And the Bible said that nobody can kill him, but he gave up his life on his own. They pierced him in his side, but that did not kill him. But my God, he said, I will die on my own. And when he gave it up, the Bible said that he was so powerful in his dying that the people in the grave got up out the grave and start walking around. Can you say amen? 
I'm glad today because he died. I died. Can anybody testify? Because he died. I died. Look down your road and say, neighbor, because he died. I died. I died to myself. I died to the old me. I died to the old body. And now I can live because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Can you say amen on this November? Can you say amen? You have now a right to stand up and wave your hands and say, I'm glad that I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, I live through him who died for me, who sacrificed for me. Can you say amen? And I'm glad that I am a part of the live tribe, even though this flesh may die and go to the grave. But Jesus, because he rose, will rise can you say amen you can destroy this flesh you can destroy this body but you can't do that with my soul can you say amen because one day i was at the intercession can you say amen but he called my name i came running down the aisle to the altar and jesus saved my life do i have anybody in here that know anything about the cross that know anything about their lives being saved i'm glad to be saved today is there anybody here glad to be saved today but when he died my god they tell me the sun refused to shine when he died the whale was still sleeping in the slime in the water but when he died can you say amen but on that third day i'm about to get happy now y'all on that third day one two three one two three on that third day the bible said before the sun peeped over the eastern hemisphere can you say amen before the birds start chirping before the sun time bright he died and got up out of the grave he rose he rose again can you say amen they came running to the tomb they looked in and they said where is he did anybody steal his body they said no nobody stole it they thought that the mind called that the soldiers rolled the stone away but it was not the soldiers the angel came and rolled it away but we know jesus was a very neat person the bible say his linen was folded up in that place and then he got up and rose again but what kind of proof you have reverend but if you keep on reading in the bible 400 and something people saw him walking around can you say amen and i'm glad today we have a god that got up and 
he lives now can you say amen how many know he lives how many know that he came up off that cross went into a bar tomb and got up out of that grave and we have hope today not like another religion all due respect for other religions can you say amen but the last time I checked Confucius is still dead Buddha is still dead all of the other gods are still dead but our God lives and how do you know he lives he lives in me can somebody point to themselves and say I know I, 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 I know he lives in me and he can live in you can you say amen now tell everybody about a God that can save anybody tell everybody that you know a God that can save anybody can you say amen and I'm glad that he saved me just in time cause y'all know what I was a mess in a mess I was causing mess but Jesus cleaned up the mess the blood of Jesus washed away all of my sins can you say amen they say that little boy he ain't gonna mount to nothing but if they can only see me now I love the Lord I love the Lord is there anybody here that loves the Lord look down your road and say I love the Lord find somebody else and say I love the Lord because he first loved me can you say amen is there anybody anybody is there anybody anybody that know that God loves them can you say amen is there anybody here know that he saved you just in time and he's here right now to save you right now he wanna see you saved he wants you to be saved can you say amen it don't make no sense to come to church every Sunday and Wednesday and prayer meeting too and not make heaven your home I'm not doing this for naught I'm not doing this because I want to be seen but I know that one of these days I'm going to slip over into eternity can you shout glory I just want to know are you ready look at somebody and say I want to know I want to know are you ready yes I'm ready look at them say yes I'm ready yes I want to go where Jesus is I want to go where the streets are paved with gold I want to go where there be no more dying I want to go where I don't have to worry about nothing can you say amen I'm sorry y'all I just feel real good now can you say amen God want to see you advance God want to see you grow God want to see you bless God want to see you be the head and not the tail God want to 
I see you lead others to Christ. God, want to give you a creative idea? Can you say amen? I'm ready for the next level. I'm ready for God to lead me in a new direction. Lead me, and I will follow. Lead me, and I will go. And I saw other the way. Uh, is there anybody here uh, tired of being led by the world? Uh, and you're ready to be led by God. Uh, you're tired of everybody uh, giving you bad advice. Uh, now is the time. Uh, look at somebody uh, and tell them, say, now is the time. Uh, I need you to prep me, preach it out. Uh, say, now is the time uh, to be led by God. Uh, now is the time uh, for you to get up. Uh, tell them, say, get up. Get, 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 get on up. Get yourself up yourself together. I need y'all to help me preach. Look at somebody look like they're going through something. Tell them say get up and get yourself together because God has need of you. God want to use you in these last and evil days. Can you say amen? I don't know about you but I want God to get the glory out of my life I don't know about you but I want to see the hand of God the right hand of God in my life can you say amen whatever God say go and find yourself be it what God say if you heal be that if you got joy be that if you got peace, be that. Be whatever God say that you can be. Have whatever God say you can have. Do whatever God say you can do. Can you say yes? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready for my new level. I'm ready to go with no man The same old, same old. I'm tired of folk hanging around folks that don't want nothing with God. God, if they not doing it for me, give me some new friends. Because you say you'll do a new thing. Give me some new stuff. I'm ready for something new. Can you say amen? If nothing else, give me new direction. That's what I need in my life. Can you say amen? That's what I need in my life. I need new direction. Can you say amen? Whether y'all know it or not, we're in November. We're in the countdown. Look around and tell somebody. Tell them, say, neighbor, we're in the countdown. We're in the countdown. You're in the countdown. You're getting closer than you ever have before. You're in the countdown now. God has counted it down for your next level in God. 
you tell somebody you're in the countdown for the blessings to overflow your life we're in a countdown but while you're in the countdown while you're on your way we're gonna have some surprises along the way that's gonna bless your socks off while you're in the countdown continue to give god the praise because while you counting down god is adding up your blessings can you say amen while you're in the countdown of the great my god should be i want you to give god the glory can you say amen because more you praise him the more he comes in the more you give him glory the more he comes in can you shout glory would you believe me if i told you that the more you give god the praise the more he comes in can you say amen because your praise summons god god said that if you give him praise he will he will he will inhabit your praise can you say amen look at somebody and say i need god i need god to inhabit my praise tell somebody that will listen i need i need god to inhabit my praise this point but I saw God in a vision when you got tired he picked you up and carried you across the finish line because he said you will not be denied if I gotta carry you myself so I see God taking you across the finish line y'all know what that mean right look down your tell about you gonna make it regardless if God say you're gonna make it you gonna make it if he's gotta carry you himself tell him say I'm glad I serve a God that want me to make it now if you believe that give God a praise if you know he wants you to
know that you are going to I don't care what you feel right now you might be sick in your body you may have the IRS after you I don't care what your state or your status is right now but if you can receive this God is turning your situation around and you gonna come out victoriously as I speak it and sure as God lives and we know he lives your situation is turning into a testimony are you following me on this your situation is turning into a testimony I know you've been denied three times but go back again I know they gave you a bad report but you keep looking for a good report his report says I am free his report says I have victory his report says I am healed so go back again look at it again whatever that thing God gave you that idea go back and pick it up you thought it was no good but go back and get it again are you following me? Some of you done really, you've been just, just, just soaking in your disappointment. Just, that's all, you just, you're just down and out. But I'm here to tell you that even in the lowest state that you could be, if you could just muster up enough praise to give God the glory, it will summons God to come right in the middle of your situation. See, this is the attitude you got to take. I'm going to give God the praise with or without. I'm going to give him the praise whether I'm up or I'm down. Heal or not heal yet, I'm still going to praise him. With or without, he still deserves everything that I can. Is anybody here listening to me? You have come too far, sir, ma'am, to give up on what God told you he was going to do in your life. And you know he told you. you just waiting on the manifestation. You cannot give up at this time. You can't make it to home plate unless you're going to swing the bat. I don't know if I can hit a home run. You ain't got to hit a home run. You just got to first get on base. If you get on base, somebody will give you enough encouragement to come behind you and cause you to advance to second base. And the third base and right on around. But I'm telling you, you just got to first get on. Are you hearing me right now? And the thing that's going to cause you to get on is your faith. You cannot allow the enemy to take your faith. That's why he said, fight the good fight of faith. Let him have all the other stuff. But don't you let the enemy have your faith. Because if I got faith, I can, I can obtain all the other stuff. Are you following me? Anybody here got some faith that they can give? Anybody believe God, even though you don't see it with the naked eye? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I need some faith people in here to give God a praise like they believe God has already worked it out. Come on, open your mouth and give God a shout of praise. Yeah! I believe.
I feel a pressure of something in here saying, God, when is my time? When is my time for healing? When is my time for breakthrough? When is my time to stop going through the same old, same old thing? When is it my time? Can I tell you something? You're closer than you've ever been before. Remember now. I was talking to my wife. Remember now, the woman in the Bible, she was suffering a blood issue for 12 years. Remember now, the woman was bent over for 18 years. This is in your Bible. How close do we come sometime before we give up? What if that woman would have gave up in the 11th year? What if the other lady would have gave up in the 17th year? And said, that's it. I don't believe God for nothing. See, some of you all are so close. You're closer than close. Now is not the time to throw in the towel. Now is it not the time for you to give up? Say, what the use? I've been praising, giving God the glory, and I haven't seen exactly what I thought that God was going to do. Can I let you in on something? He's been working on it, and I told you, you couldn't rush greatness. It is so great until he had to get you right to receive the greatness that he's going to present before you. Maybe perhaps while you were there or here, you weren't ready for him to reveal it now. Because it'll mess you up. But in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, in due season, God is going to release and reveal what he has in store for you. You're closer than you've ever been before. Sister girl, don't give up now. My brother, you come too far to turn around now. Don't let nobody talk you out of what God showed you years ago. Go back and get that same anointing that you had. You know, after Samson had beat a thousand Philistines with a jawbone of a donkey, the Bible said that he got thirsty and he had got parched and famished and, and he really thought that he was going to die after killing all those soldiers just with the jawbone. But you know what God told him? Go back and get that same thing that you used to slaughter them. And we went back to get that. God caused water to form and he was able to drink from it. He quits his thirst. I'm telling you right now, that whatever God told you from the beginning, go back and get that. Some of you here anointed to sing. You just say, I don't do that no more. Go back and get that anointing. Some of you, he called you to preach. You said, man, I forgot all about that. I ain't doing that no more. Go back and get that same thing that God told you to get from the beginning. And here it is. It's going to bless your life. And it's going to bless other people's lives. Because God put it in he put, whatever he used see you some of you all are encourager it ain't nothing like being an encourager you encourage people you do it and don't even try to do it it's just a gift of yours you're just an encourager every time you open your mouth people get encouraged
because of what God puts in you. Some of you, you teachers, you know how to dissect. You know how to really just uh, uh, exegete the word of God. You ain't got to be no preacher to do that. But God gives you a, a good study habit that you know how to break it down and others can receive it. I don't know what your giftedness is, but I want you to go back and get that. And revive that and allow God to use you like never before. If I could tell you when in church, God wants to take every one of our gifts that we may use it for the glory of God and to motivate his people. Quit major in majoring in on what you don't have and major what you do have you got so much to offer you just letting it bypass you have so much are you hearing me everybody come on stand on your feet this morning